So, yeah, debtors anonymous. There, is there? There's like a typical set of issues that would drive somebody into a meeting like that. Well, you know what's so interesting is I heard about Debtors Anonymous 12 years before I ever went, and I needed it desperately when I first heard about it, but I didn't go because I thought, I'm not a debtor. I don't have a ton of credit cards. I'm always on time. I'm never behind with the rent or the car payment. But what I didn't realize is there's many kinds of debting. So there's the classic debting where you're running up, you know, loans to pay back and you do have a bunch of credit cards that you're stressed about. But another kind of debting is actually under earning where you take jobs below your skill set or your intelligence level where you can't envision a, a career or a, a way of earning that is commensurate with really your spirit or who you are. So you're, you're taking jobs that don't make you happy. That's a kind of debting. Uh, you, there's also what's called self-debting where maybe you have plenty of money, but you never spend it on yourself. Your, your socks have holes in them. You know, your underwear is ripped. (laughs) You never go on vacation. You never go to dinner. Uh, so there's all kinds of debting. For me, it was good old. I was a year behind with the IRS. I had a bunch of credit cards and my answer was to always work more. I know I'll just work more. So I was really, you know, running two compulsive diseases, debting, well, maybe three, debting, overspending, and workaholism. So by the time a friend of mine said to me, you know, it sounds like you should come with me to a debtors anonymous retreat. Boy, howdy, was I hitting bottom. And, you know, that was taking the form of having anxiety attacks at night, grinding my teeth, working nonstop, seven days a week, missing friends' birthday parties, uh, and just, you know, borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. They call and, that, they call that in, in another fellowship being beaten into a state of reasonableness. <laughs> oh boy, was I. Yeah. And so I'm really grateful within, you know, five years, I was able to pay off $70,000 in credit cards. I was able to catch up with the IRS. I was able to never use a credit card again. Uh, you know, it's been over a decade now. I've never used a credit card for personal use again, uh, to pay for everything, to be solvent, to be honest, to keep track. One of the first things we do is we come out of something called terminal vagueness. One of the hallmarks of people with my affliction is we're vague. So we don't know our own affairs. We don't know where the money is going. We don't know where the time is going. We don't have a good sense of reality. We live in sort of this fog. And so we, we initially what we do is we just sit down and we look at everything. We write down all of our expenses by category. So every month we have a page for food, gifts, transportation, health, self-care. And, you know, we tabulate it every month and we look at where is the money going? And then we do the same thing with our earning. What are we earning? Or what are our sources of income? And then we look at our debts. Who do we owe money to? 
What interest rates do we have? At what rate will we pay this off? When I looked at my credit card debt and when I looked at the rate I was paying it off, I figured out it was going to take me 70 years <laughs> at the rate I was paying it. And by then it's, it would it's be almost like the system is set up that way. Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think you're right. And by then, of course, it would have been, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So coming out of vagueness was a total game changer. Okay. I mean, so totally when, when you're at one of these meetings and somebody's checking in, is there a, is there a line that always gets a laugh when they go, I really didn't know I was spending 200 bucks a week on, is there something that is like the hidden killer for, for people that end up in DA? Well, you know what I love about all the 12-step groups, and I'm sure you have seen this in every meeting you've ever been in, is people from all walks of life will be in the same room with all the same problems. But in DA, one of them is sleeping on friends' couches or on benches at the park. And another one will say something like, you know, this weekend we're selling the private island. Right. <laughs> so there isn't. That's okay. a really great question, Sherm. I love that question. But there really isn't. Okay. Because everybody's in a different place. Hmm. They're just going through the same problems, just taking different forms. So, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if it's making your life unmanageable, that's always the question with any of our fellowships. You know you need... You right. know you need the rooms, you know you need the fellowship. If it's made your life unmanageable, a lot of people are not great with tracking their expenses. A lot of people have debt. We live in a debting society. We live in a debting economy. Our economy runs on debt. We're all taught to debt, right? Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of investors recommend it and tell you it'll it's the way to get rich. You know, don't use your own money, use other people's money. Well, there are some people that can actually do that and can keep it in check. And they're not grinding their teeth and having anxiety mm. attacks. And they're they're not getting so behind that they're being run over by a boulder of debt. And those people don't need DA. Right? Well, I'm not I'm not a credit card guy and and uh I keep one in case the transmission on my 15-year-old truck falls out um and and I don't use it otherwise. Uh but I do go to the mailbox every day and we you know, we live in an email society obviously, but the last the last thing standing sending me paperwork is pre-approved credit cards. I don't know what would happen if I went to to fill out the the forms, but I get offered credit cards every day. Every day. Wow. Yeah. And and yeah, the, the one I've got for just in case my, and I've got a Honda, so the transmission's never going to fall out. Um, they just keep raising the limit. It's like, well, what if we offered you 15000 But What about 20000 bucks? I'm like, eh, no, I don't really want to owe yeah. you guys anything. Well, saying no is a good idea. I recommend it. Good for you. That's great. Yeah. I, 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 well, I, you know, living between your means makes me, uh, let me say that again. Living within my means makes me feel good. And, and, uh, I, dude, I love toys. I love toys. I love boots and I love hats and I love motorcycles and I love cars and I love guitars. But, uh, if I went, <laughs> went nuts for a week out of depression or, you know, a, a fugue state and came home with 20 grand in debt, I'd never sleep again. I hate that shit. Right. Well, and I love that you just said that, right? Because, you know, to to somebody that doesn't have these issues, it might seem so 
confusing. Why would anybody spend more than they make? Why would anyone live beyond their means? Right? Like, what idiot would do that? And, uh, I, you know, I wasn't judging it. I just it makes it oh, makes I, my I it gives judgment. me a stomach ache. Judgment at all? Yeah. Um, I think money and success. Uh, which I'm saying with air quotes, of course, uh, I think these issues are the greatest taboo in our culture now. We're all telling everyone about our sex lives. We're all telling everyone about our triggers and our traumas and our feelings and okay. our terrible childhoods. But nobody says to anybody else, you know, I've got this much credit card debt or, you know, you were right. I only make. I only make X or, you know, I'm really afraid to ask for a raise. You know, we all have so much shame in this culture. We think we are that our value is how much we make or our value is our our, our economic or professional status. And and, you know, one of the beautiful gifts of Debtors Anonymous is we learn that that is, of course, not true, that is, that that is not where our value lies, and that our self-esteem really comes from uh, having a relationship with one another, from helping each other, from service, from connecting with a higher power. But the goal, one of the things I'm, I'm so going to jump in, you, you just yes. made me do a little quick check. I don't know the financial status of any of my friends. I don't know. See? Uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> one who's thought of as being a rich guy and he's not. Um, but I don't know, I don't know who's up to their ass in credit card debt or medical debt and, or right. who, who has, you know, a million bucks in a, in a Heidi hole trust fund. I don't know any of this about, now I know who's trans and who's bi and who's celibate and, yep. and who's cheating and on their wife. And who's poly you know? and who's monogamous and who's, wow. yeah. Wow. It's, it's Hadn't thought of it. Amazing. Yeah. Interesting. Right. <sighs> Well, yeah, we look, all have a lot of noise. And so we feel like, well, if I just try harder, if I was just a better person, if I was just smarter. So then we do what I did. We read books on it. We go, okay, well, I'm going to read all these books on success. I'm going to read books on money. I'm going to get a coach. I'm going to go to therapy. And none of that helps. None of that seems to scratch the itch. Our rooms, Sherman, are full of people from your rooms, right? Our rooms are full of people from the beverage program who come in and they say. <laughs> Literally have never called it. Um, so, but wouldn't that be, is part of what you're saying, I woke up from a from a bender and I spent a fortune on QVC or whatever the equivalent would be? Is that what you mean that? You, no, you get, get drunk I mean and spend is, money or is you can be a rock star and a recovery, you know, superstar in one program, as you know, and have ginormous issues still plaguing you in another program. Sure. And that's actually yes. how Debtors Anonymous began uh, is a grateful, sober member of Alcoholics Anonymous could not get a handle on his money and his debting. And he, you know, really couldn't address it through the 12 steps uh, and the principles of AA. And so he then took the 12 steps and applied them specifically to the topic of debting and uh, got some fellows from AA who he noticed had the same challenges. And that was Makes where uh, Debtors Anonymous was that, that sounds like That sounds like Gamblers Anonymous. That sounds exactly. like Sex and Love Addicts yeah. Anonymous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they got, and they got recovery. And so it's very sweet. People will come from AA and they'll say like, I don't understand why I need to be here. I'm doing so well over there. And I've been there mm -hmm. for 20 years, okay. 
But uh, but then they get better. Overeaters Anonymous. There's a lot of things that kick your ass. Yeah. Yeah. I exactly. remember when I was, I don't know, it was a long time ago, I read in the news that Wayne Newton was filing for bankruptcy. And I didn't know much, but I was young in show business. I went, wait, he's playing five nights a week in Las Vegas for $10,000 a show in 1975 yeah. money. How can you F up that much money? And then I figured it's it's never enough if you've got a, well, could be bad investments. People have lost their ass on trusting crooked managers and stuff. But there's sure. also the, well, I need 100 Arabian horses instead of 90 Arabian horses. I need, I remember right. uh, uh, one crazy bastard, Evil Knievel, you talk about a hillbilly with money. At one point, he had two Learjets so that he could be in one and watch the other flying alongside him. Just to point out, you look what I got. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to set you back a couple of shekels. <laughs> well, that's just it, right? If there's a hole in your bucket, it doesn't matter if your bucket is made of gold or platinum or diamonds. Yep. There's a hole in it. Yep. Yeah. Does exactly. does uh, um, the conspicuous consumption society that we're in feed right. the illness? If you watch, well, you know, if so-and-so has five houses, why am I living in an apartment? Is that is that? in there or not if if you're operating in the illness level is that not what we're talking about here we well, you know of course in the fourth step we look at our you know how did how did i get here <laughs> like what's my part right we yes. do our inventory and we look at our character defects and for some people it is big shot ism that gets them into trouble they want to impress people they don't feel like they are enough you know it's really all about you talking about Wayne Newton and that story, it's like, when is enough enough? And what we find in recovery is that we are enough and that we have value just for being us and that we are worthy and lovable no matter what kind of car we drive, no matter if we live in one room or on a friend's couch or on a private island. Oh, and, for one thing, people and, in 12-step programs don't actually give a shit. If if I really broke my neck to pay for a Mercedes and I pull up in the parking lot in a Mercedes and go into a meeting, not one person in there gives two shits. It's really. Yeah. Um, and it's so great to be yeah, freed of that. That's right? right. It's such a gift to have people really get to know us and you, really, uh, you know, uh, it's just, it's so beautiful sharing the truth of who we are and all the bad and all the good and. And showing up for each other. I mean, it's just, it's so moving. It's so had, amazing. Had you ever heard Actually. this nugget that a one cultural difference between us and our, our cousins in the United Kingdom is they're put off by the American way of just about the first thing. Hey, hey, Sherman, this is, this is Larry. What's up? Hey, hi, Larry. Hey, uh, what do you do? The, the, right. the, what do you do is like the first thing an American asks. And in England, that's considered really bad manners. Is it, am I, is this ringing any bells or? Nothing to do with anything. I mean, I think a lot of cultures, there's different rules about that stuff for sure. Uh, yeah, but, you know, the other thing, though, uh, is they will uh, they will notice your accent and they will they will ask where you went to school. <laughs> so every culture has its ways that are. You know, it's, I, it's, I swear to God, I'm from Canada, man. It didn't, it didn't, that didn't fly. I, I don't think I have much of a Texas accent, but you put me around some limeys, and I definitely do. I start yawling a lot. <laughs> yeah. Was there yep. was there a, a moment because you, you hit your your bottom, 
Um, was there a moment when you went, this is actually getting better. I have changed. Did, did you see some concrete thing where you went, uh oh, that's not the old me. This is better. You know, it was so wonderful. So we, of course, also have our own uh, promises. So we have uh, things that we really are very aspirational that say, listen, if you give this a, some time, if you really avail yourself of our tools, if you work the steps, if you get a sponsor, if you sponsor others, the the need to shop will leave you, right? The need to under earn you things that used to baffle you, you will intuitively know how to handle. And I will say I was so fortunate, Sherm, I had, I had a, I had a quick honeymoon that then turned into a full blown love affair, right? With debtors anonymous. I right away, when I wrote everything down and I looked at my affairs, I quickly saw, holy guacamole, I am going to half to either sell my house, marry, divorce my husband and marry rich <laughs> or <laughs> some or unnamed rich guy. <laughs> if I, or get a new job. If I want to stay in the work that I'm in, I'm self-employed. I have no choice but to double my rates or sell my house or, you know, or, or, or. And so long story short, I, it gave me the courage coming out of vagueness, looking at my reality, gave me the courage and the clarity and the, and the reasoning. And I, with a lot of support, I doubled my rates and I was terrified. I thought clients would be angry. I thought people would fire Mm. me. I then asked for a 50% raise of a job that I had. I had a part-time job and I thought there is no way they are going to say yes to this. And there is no way my clients will keep me. And guess what happened? No one cared. And my boss said yes. And all of a sudden, I was making twice the money for the same level of effort. <laughs> and, you know, that was really early in, in the program. That was in my first couple of months. The other thing that happened is we tell everyone to read everything. That's another basic first tool is just read everything. So there I was reading my credit card statements and I was like, gee, there's this $3,000 charge on my Amex bill. I never spend that kind of money. What the heck is that? Call them up. Oh, that was fraudulent from over a year before. And Amex got it reversed, got all the fees reversed. Um, you know, and then OG read my tax return and it had assigned some of my income to my husband. And I thought, well, I'm sure it won't matter. We jointly file called my accountant and he said, oh, you just saved $1,000. So when I first joined Debtors Anonymous, like thousands more dollars were like pouring into my life. It was so miraculous. Well, yeah. part, part of it, you weren't hiding out. You know, you were, you had your eyes open and you were looking to see what was going on. You know, take, I woke take, up. Yeah, taking yeah, a clear eyed look really at things. I really woke up. And then I became willing. You know, willingness is the single most important quality to have for any kind of recovery, you got to be willing. And so I, you know, I became willing to get a roommate. I became willing to stop saving everybody. A lot of my debting was trying to be a hero and trying Mm. like, you know, oh, you're getting divorced. Let me pay for it. Let me put it on a credit card. You know, oh, you need prescription meds and I don't have the money and you don't have the money. Well, I'm going to make it my problem. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So I became willing to sit in the discomfort 
of my feelings of not being able to be the person great. I wanted to be. Man, I wanted that's to be the big hero. And I wanted great. to be, you know, uh, supportive in a way that I couldn't afford to be. So this is great stuff. Okay, Carol, I, I do 30 minute episodes. I don't think we're going to cover it all, but I want to fire off a Dave's top 10 list to you and just get your thoughts. This is some bullet points I saw in preparing for today's conversation. Uh, ding. You awesome. don't, uh, you don't keep up track of your bills or account balances. What about it? You don't is that keep fine. Yeah. Um, here are some compulsive debting indicators. That was, yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's uh, absolutely a big sign. Uh, you don't that, have a, is that what you're looking for for me? Is yeah, it yes just, no? just your thoughts. I'm, I'm coming at this from, Oh, uh, my thoughts. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> No, no, no. It's like, uh, you know, I don't belong in a Gamblers Anonymous meeting because I don't, you know, it's, it's, I, I got other yeah. shit killing me. That's not one of them. Um, and, and so I just thought uh, since since I don't seem to. That's a huge one. Mm. Yeah, that's a huge one. But you know what I always feel about these lists, like how to tell if you need this program kind of lists? People will say to me, you know, there's 12 on that list and I only related to two and therefore I don't think I need to come. And what mm. I always say to people is how much are those two controlling your life or robbing you of joy how much of the, are those two causing you trouble because it might be one problem on that list of 12 damn straight one that has you by the throat and is ruining your relationships or your sleep or your credit rating or your job or sure you know your wife wants to leave you you need us <laughs> but anyway keep firing away. sure you don't to... you don't have a budget uh to meet monthly income expense or a savings plan for large purchases or retirement yeah that's that vagueness again people not really knowing what they need to spend in a month and just not knowing where it's going and that keeps them commonly that keeps them in debt or that keeps them in in uh in, in stress financial pressure you can't resist a good shopping deal, even if you don't need the item. So you end up with a closet full of unused clothes or shoes. Yeah, that's a form. That's a version for sure. I have a cousin who has, she's spent houses worth of stuff on clothes she never wears. But she has no credit card problems. So, you know, but she could have gone to Paris several times for all those clothes. Oh, you hate to do that math. Yeah. What, what could I, what could I have done with a hundred grand? Um, you start working extra hours to try to keep up with your spending habits. You've yeah, been there. You said, right? that was me. Um, you get, you said something funny to me one time cause you're self-employed. You said, I, I can work any 60 hours a week. I want I've stolen that one. Um, <laughs> any 50 hours a day, right? Uh, you give false information in order to get a credit card. Ooh, yeah. You know, a lot of people get very scheming. You know, all addictions make us scheme, right? Yes. We, we keep thinking, oh, I can outrun this. I can outmaneuver this. I'll like navigate around this. And people will do that stuff. A lot of, you watch Dateline, a lot of those people murdering each other for the life insurance. I'm always yelling at the TV, just go to Debtors Anonymous. You don't have to murder grandma. Murdering you know? each other for the life insurance. I got to admit. Yeah. I, <laughs> that is severe debting right there. Now, I might have cracked my truck into a pole to get the uh, insurance check to make my monthly payment, but that's that doesn't count. Um, let me uh, see. You lose sleep worrying about debt. Yeah, that's that's what I was doing. Anxiety attacks in the middle of the night because you're worried about money. Drinking we to avoid <laughs> drinking to avoid worrying about mounting debt. Yeah. Well, you might need two programs then, right? That's right. Or eating, yeah. <laughs> um, 
You worry that your family, friends, or employer will find out about the extent of your debt. They do, uh, even for jobs that aren't exactly, you know, what you would consider high status or high risk, uh, they, they run credit reports to see who it is they might be hiring. If you've got, I know. You know. It's interesting. Yeah. So who knows what opportunities that could be costing you. Right. You hope that uh, someone will take care of you financially if you get in way over your head. Oh, that's a really common one. And I sponsor people all the time that are like, well, I mean, my mom's going to leave me a bunch. And I'm like, yeah, are you wishing your mother will die? Because that means you need more meetings. (laughs) But yeah, wanting somebody to rescue you. That's a very common one. You come up with a budget, but can't stick with it. Yeah, that means uh, you need, we have something called pressure relief groups where you meet with a man and a woman with uh, solvency, people who've been in the program uh, not debting for at least six months, and you show them your affairs. You show them your numbers that you've been keeping. You show them your income, your debts your expenses, and you get advice. Because if you have a budget that you can't stick to, something's going on with you. And sometimes you need another set of eyeballs, another brain to work work, work with it. And of course, we pray at the beginning of each pressure relief group. And um, they can be so moving and so beautiful. The solutions that you know people come up with together with the help of higher power are just mind-blowing. We're not going to top that for an out cue, Carol. I love you. Thanks for coming on the show. You're the best. Ah, this is great. Thank you so much. 